Hey everyone, welcome back to Inside Flicks. This is our weekly box office report. Uh, this is where we give you the rundown of the latest box office numbers. Uh, so let's get right to it. Rich, share with us which film secured its spot in the top five at the box office over the weekend. For the fourth week in a row, the Super Mario Brothers movie is back on top with $40.8 million. Coming in number two is Evil Dead Rise with $12.1 million. Number three is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret with $6.7 million. Number four is Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, the 2023 re-release with $5.1 million. And round out the top five is John Wick Chapter 4 with $4.8 million. Uh, Super Mario Brothers continues to be a box office powerhouse, uh, showing no signs of losing its momentum. However, this week, and we'll talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 a little bit later, but... This week, Super Mario Brothers will be facing a worthy competitor that could give him its first real battle. Yep, another Chris Pratt movie. Yeah. Yes, and, and it will potentially might lose its box office crown after four weeks, like you said, of dominance. Uh, so what is your feelings about this, you know, becoming number one again with a slight drop, 31%? It actually uh, reached a billion this weekend, so it's the first film uh, this year to reach a billion. Yeah, and this is actually like a really amazing drop because like earlier in, in the week, like on Friday, it was expected to have like a a forty percent drop, and then I think it dropped to like thirty five, and now like it's at like a, a thirty one point nine. And are these the actuals? I wouldn't be surprised if it. Yeah, might these, be, and, these are the actuals. Oh, oh, these are the actuals. Okay, yeah. So yeah, very impressive, man. Very impressive, and I I, I really was expecting it to be like around th like thirty five or th thirty three, but forty million. Uh, the movie itself it's been a huge hit i mean i knew for sure it was going to be a big easter opening easter day opening but to carry on success week after week for, for the past four weeks that that's the incredible part this is i mean it's just uh, i mean kids are in school now i mean there's no longer spring break so well it's not yeah that shows that it's not just kids watching the movie yeah right? and it's it's just got it's got a magnetic draw that won't let go and it's just it's it's yeah and unfortunately um Evil Dead Rides did not have quite that magnetic draw because I was hoping that this movie was going to have a little bit of a stronger hold. I was really kind of hoping Evil Dead Rides was going to be uh, performing the way that Smile did last year, and uh, that does not seem to be the case. Despite the 50% drop in its box office earnings, uh, the film is kind of still maintaining a solid position. It's still number two. Uh, it's performing well enough. It seems to be on track to achieve a re respectable outcome. You gotta remember, this is a low budget movie. Although I would say it's not like a box office phenomenon that could, you know, that Raymond was hoping it, it, it would be. But I think it, its performance demonstrates that horror movies are still relevant. That horror films are still appealing to an audience, and I think it's yeah, holding absolutely. up, holding up good for for now. Yeah, because I think actually the the main reason why Evil Dead Rise because it did open very well. I think the main reason why it's not performing the way Smile is, it's just because it's honestly just not as good. Um, it, it's Evil Dead Rise is a very solid movie. I saw it, but um, I mean, it is probably like the weakest Evil Dead movie in, <laughs> in the franchise. So, I mean, I, I can see it maybe being one that people are like, yeah, just watch it at home. You need, uh -huh. you don't need to see it in theaters is the truth. <laughs> and uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Are You There, God? It's <laughs> me, Margaret. Cause it, I mean, it came in, I think, pretty much around where we were kind of expecting it to come in but i i wasn't aware that this movie had such a steep budget and um uh i mean this is this isn't very this isn't a very good opening for this movie no they did they dedicated a lot of screens to it too with over three thousand screens for this film and it's uh uh it 
Yeah, I mean, it, it they they missed their mark because this this is a uh, uh, aimed towards women, uh, young women for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't seem they it brought up much interest, and it's uh, it, it seems like they're um, they're they much rather watch stuff that's on streaming now with this with the, with the same topic. Well, this this seems to be the sad story of the week, right? So it struggled at the box office. It fails to gain much traction with audiences. It's a shame because it has a strong source material. People know this book. They they know Judy Bloom uh, as she has come up in the news lately. Uh, it has a you know great talent behind the camera, in front of the camera. This comes from the makers of the acclaimed teen comedy, The Edge of Seventeen. I I, I guess it's just a, maybe timing of the release, or maybe it's, maybe there is a lack of interest from audiences. Um, well, I, I, we were kind of expecting the movie to kind of come in around this number. I don't, I don't think the number is horrible. Uh -huh. I just, you know, I may, I don't, I don't think it was maybe smart to spend 30 million on it. But the film itself has, has, has uh, garnered uh, great reviews of it. And it's got yeah. a cinema score and Ron Tomatoes is damn right, uh, near the perfect score with 99%. Uh -huh. So it's it's the film should be good. It's a it's a critic yeah, hit. I, it's people, a critic hit. People are saying it's better than the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the critics have been citing that it has a nice balance of humor and drama, and I think it's resonating to a certain older demographic because they grew up on the book, they grew up on uh, mm. the story, and mm. I think also older millennials are now becoming parents of young children so i think they were relating to the story but i think the target audience is too narrow uh, yeah i think because it's set in the 70s that is kind of making it difficult for a younger audience to connect with it you know it's, it's possible yeah, the I generational mean, gap is just too significant there this is a movie that would have been huge though if it came out in the 90s i think so yeah you know i think I mean? so yeah like like this would have a, a huge following it would have been a, you know a a big success if it came out back then, but I I I, I, also, I think this is similar to what you're saying, Mike. But I just think the like the audience for this movie, like this is a very old book, and I just don't think young girls today are growing up with it. Yeah, maybe they were, you know, in the '90s, and but I I mean, are the people that grew up or even grew up with the book like are they even showing this movie to their daughters? Because I I'm sure that's probably what Lionsgate was hoping for, right? Yeah, but I, I does that doesn't seem to be the case either. Yeah, I think the film target audience is just may have been just too limited to those who grew up not only in the '70s but grew up you know loving the book. You know, it's unfortunate because it stars Rachel McAdams. I think she's one of the most unappreciated actresses working today. And here's people another, are saying this is her best performance. Yeah, and it's, it's just too bad that uh, she hasn't really found a a property or, or have, hasn't found like the right movie to really break out in a big way. But she's still kind of a reliable reliable actress. So mm -hmm. uh, I think it might. You know, this movie just might might be destined to find its audience in VOD or streaming and stuff like that. So who knows. Uh, then okay. we'll talk about the surprise success of uh, Star Wars, right? Because yeah, it did pretty well. I was surprised with, about uh, it landing in number four, especially, yeah, especially after there was really no big hullabaloo about the movie <laughs> or the, about the re-release. Maybe it wasn't Star Wars Celebration recently, but yeah, I mean. They uh, didn't even give away free posters. I was expecting them to give away free posters of the, of the, new, um, the new artwork. Oh. It's a really nice poster. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a terrific poster, yeah. That's strange. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they did that for Empire with, uh, a couple they're, years they're, ago. They're putting the poster up for pre-order on May the 4th. Yeah, you, can, uh. you can pay for it. <laughs> you can pay for it. <laughs> wow. Well, let's talk about the rest of the top 10. All right. Coming in number six is Dungeons & Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves. Number seven is Air. Number eight is Ponyan Selvan, the part two. Number nine is Covenant. 
And number 10 is Sisu. All right, uh, Rich, you wanted to talk about Sisu. Yeah, this is the other big disappointment of the week. I mean, and once again, it's from Lionsgate, who went up against themselves. Um, but this is, they only put it out in 1,000 screens. Uh-huh. Um, it just didn't reach its audience. I mean, uh, it, this should have grabbed some of the John Wick uh, audience, you know. And I think it did, though. I mean, it, I mean, it, it all, they only put it in 1,000 screens. So, I mean, it, it at least managed to have a better theater average than the other Lionsgate movie, um, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. So, mm-hmm. and in that, you know, regard, you know, it, it, it's still successful enough, I guess. <laughs> I mean, like they're, they're not, they're not losing as much money as they are with, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. <laughs> well, I was just hoping you would reach the top five at best. So no. Well, I mean, I think that's the, the problem with the, with a lot of these movies, the, the awareness is that's the big thing. Uh, and I don't think there were, there's a lot of people who are aware that this movie was out, even from that title, people wouldn't really know what that movie is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it had a great trailer. And it had, you know, uh, it had these really wonderful reactions from critics. And uh, again, I think this movie will probably find an audience on streaming or VOD. Yeah, sure. Uh, Now let's uh, shift our focus to the upcoming releases. Uh, Rich, what are some of the films that we can expect to hit theaters this week? Opening up why this weekend is only one film and one film only. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Valiant 3. This is the hotly anticipated MCU film from filmmaker James Gunn, which is the final chapter of his Guardians trilogy. And it just might be the last time you'll see this particular configuration of these beloved characters. The film also explores Rocket's origins, including a mysterious figure from Rocket's past who goes by the name of the High Evolutionary. Yeah, so this is one of the most highly anticipated films of the year for Marvel fans. Uh, this ends, like Rich was saying, this ends James Gunn's trilogy. Uh, it has a lot of buzz. It's It's got a good reaction from the initial screenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raymond, you got a chance to see an early screening. What's your thoughts on the movie? Well, I guess I should say that you know I love the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. And uh, the second one, while I think has a very good story, I, I, I loved what you know James Gunn was trying to do with you know fathers and sons with that film. Uh, I think that movie kind of suffered a little bit from the humor. I think you know uh, he, he just went a little bit too overboard with the comedy, and some of the characters even kind of lost what they were in the first film. Mm-hmm. And um, this movie, the third one, I think is a huge step, uh, a, you know, a huge step up from the last one. But I do think it still has a little bit of the comedy problem where uh, some of the characters, this time around uh, for me, it was Nebula and Adam Warlock. They're just too comedic Mm -hmm. and uh, to the point that it's a bit of a detriment to the film at times. But uh, what made this movie really good for me was the the Rocket storyline, which actually takes up half the movie. And... um, the, the rocket storyline and the, the the high evolutionary, you know, all that stuff really, really worked for me. It's kind of like uh, Marvel's version of like Island of Dr. Moreau and mm-hmm. Watership Down. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And it really, of the three Guardians movies, this really is the one that felt most like a, a James Gunn movie. It didn't really feel that much like an MCU film. It felt more like a James Gunn thing. Mm-hmm. It felt more like Suicide Squad than it did uh, the the other Guardians movies, which and I like that about it. And um, so for me, while the movie does have issues and flaws, uh, I think the good, you know, greatly outweighed the bad, and uh, I I give it a thumbs up. Okay. Out of all three, out of all three th- soundtracks, which one is the best? 
the first one. (laughs) Uh, I guess the big question on everyone's minds is, will Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 be a box office juggernaut? I I think so. Yeah, I hope it's I hope it's satisfactory to uh, all the MCU fans, uh, the original uh, MCU fans who enjoyed the original Guardian so far. Um, it's it's got to be better. It's got to be the best out of the all ch- Phase Four and, and basically uh, mm-hmm. yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's actually a Phase Five movie, right? Yeah, it's it's better than everything in Phase Four. Yeah, I think there's a potential here to rake in a lot of money at the box office. I, but I don't think this movie is going to be like the savior that Marvel needs right wait, now. Well, but, but wait, hold up, hold up. But mm-hmm. because the the first Guardians made uh 773 million and then the second one made about 100 million more. And you know, I bring that up cuz you know, Thor Love and Thunder made about the same as the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think this movie is it will definitely outgross Thor Love and Thunder. But what do you what do you guys think? Is this going to outgross Love and Thunder which w- matched about what the first guardians made i know so, this, 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 this this is the first big movie of the summer so far and this mm-hmm. and this has a lot of time i mean if it if it's really that good everyone's gonna see it once twice maybe three times a lady and uh though those ticket sales will add up i think uh, um it's going to do well i think it's going to have a long a long stretch in the box office mm-hmm. I, I think the opening number is going to be a little bit lower i think it's tracking to to make about 130 million I think that sounds about right. I, 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 but we'll see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does a little bit better than that. I think the second volume opened around 143, 42, 46, 46. So I think it might do just a little bit less than that. But I think ultimately, after all, it's all said and done, I think it's going to make a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think it will outgross volume two, like in, in the total world, worldwide run? I, I well, the problem is it is getting some mixed reviews by some of the first reactions. It it is it is getting kind of mixed reviews from from people, I, and and I can see why because it the movie is very dark. Like I mean, like what I said, I mean half the movie half is Rocket storyline, and his stuff is like kind of like Island Doctor Moreau Watership Down stuff. So it it is really dark, but so was Joker. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean, and that made a billion dollars. And the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, I would, I would assume, are more popular than Joker, but mm-hmm. none, of them, none of them have made a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And this is like the darkest. This is like the the farewell to the team. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think I I want this to at very at the very least make nine hundred million because I want it to be the most successful of the three Guardians movies. I still kind of like the first one more. I think the first one's just kind of the best one of the three. But this is the most James Gunn of the three films. This is the least MCU of the three movies. <laughs> this is the darkest. And I love all that about it. You know what I mean? So I, I want the movies to succeed. It's way better than the, the rest of the Marvel movies have been coming out. And I'm right. happy to say that because I've, I've been so over Marvel. Uh-huh. But this this shows, you know, if you if you bring in, a, you know, a, a writer director and you give him the freedom, even if he is, you know, forced to you know, retcon certain things or, you know, because Gamora was murdered in, in <laughs> Infinity War, so that he has to kind of work around that. He still makes it work, you know, and uh, you can't say that about uh, Payne Reed. Well, I think that's <laughs> that secret weapon, though, that we've, we forgot to mention is Chris Pratt, you know. Yeah, uh, he's great I, in the movie. And I think uh, not a lot of people give him enough credit. What a great year for him, right? With Mario and yeah. this. Yeah. And I think, you know, even uh, leading up to the, the release of Mario, Super Mario Brothers, 
people were giving some some crap. I, and I know there's certain corners of the internet that they just don't like this guy. But I think for a normal audience, the normies out there, they love mm-hmm. this guy. And I think sure. Chris Pratt is going to push this over the top. I think the, the, the popularity of him or who he is. And I think that's going to help the, the box office for, for Guardians Volume 3. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to end up being probably the best in the franchise. But it's going to take a while, though. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I hope it does well. Okay, now let's talk about limited release. Rich, tell us what movies are coming out in limited. Opening up in limited release is Love Again. This is the new romantic drama about two random strangers who fall in love because of a misdialed text message. This stars Priyanka Chopra Jones and Outlander Sam Hugan with a special guest appearance by Celine Dion, who's playing herself. Also coming out in limited release is What's Love Got to Do With It? This is the new British cross-cultural rom-com that stars Lily James as an English documentary filmmaker who documents her Pakistani friend's arranged marriage. Star Trek Discovery's Shahzad Latif also stars in the film with a supporting turn by Emma Thompson. Also coming out in limited is Chile 76. This is the critically acclaimed Chilean historical drama that exploded onto the scene at last year's Cannes Film Festival, wowing critics. All right, that's some some really interesting counter programming uh, there. Uh, Honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if um if Love Again does okay just because I saw I've been seeing so much marketing for the movie on social media. Yeah, oh, yeah. And um, I I just and I and for a while, like for over a month, I've just been seeing a lot of marketing for that movie. And I I, I think uh, what's her face? Celine uh, Dion. Uh, <laughs> no, not uh, Priyanka Chopra Jones. She has a she has a big following, I think, on 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 like Instagram and stuff. So. Well, I think I think it might be Celine Dion. I think it might she might grab the uh, eighty four Brady crowd and then make it. You know, and <laughs> I didn't even know she was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's the whole thing. That's the whole idea. Yeah, Celine play, is playing well, herself. I've, well, I haven't <laughs> seen the trailers for this movie. I just I keep seeing uh, the the two leads um, right, right. promoting it and and uh, uh, popping up in ads and seeing the posters and. Uh, I'm like, what is this crap? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Celine Dion did a couple new tracks for the film itself. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and then P- Priyanka Chopra Jonas is also in the new Amazon series, The Citadel, which is mm-hmm. which was a big deal in the last last week or so. Speaking of streaming, Rich, uh, what's coming out on streaming? Absolutely nothing. No, no original movies this weekend. Only new series. Uh, Silo, the new much buzzed about dystopian series, is on is on Apple TV Plus. Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story, will be on Netflix. White House Plumbers, the Watergate miniseries, now playing on HBO Max. And and A Small Light, the Anne Frank miniseries, now playing on Hulu. Uh, we also forgot to mention last week that um, Scream 6 was uh, now, is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And Champions is on Peacock which is a basketball comedy that stars Woody Harrelson. Right. Okay, they, that's about it for this for this report. We'll be back next week. We'll see how well The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 does in the box office. We're expecting big things, and we'll talk about the new movies coming out next week. All right, thank you. Goodbye, everyone. Fairly well. <laughs>